That's how you know it's the 70s if you're wearing red velvet. Holy shit, it's the 70s. You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, and introducing A. Ron Hubbard. Welcome to episode 77 of Blue Yonder. Going to heaven. It's been a long time it's since we've done one of these. Like August 24th, I think, according Whoa. to my show notes. That's like five, six months. Oh, a hundred months even. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. We've been doing a lot of stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing. Uh, talk about some of the games we've been playing, some of the TV we've been watching, other than our major TV podcast, you know. And if you know us primarily from our TV podcast, I apologize in advance. Yeah, this podcast is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so it should be interesting. Uh, what <laughs> what have you been doing in the six month hiatus that we took from podcasting? Oh my god, what haven't I been doing? Well, I mean, first of all, it wasn't a podcasting hiatus. Uh, okay, we yeah, rocked. Really we rocked uh, season four of Breaking Bad. We rocked season Loving it. two of Walking Dead on our podcast, Breaking Good and Watching Dead, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, we got. Like eight thousand people, the eight week, million. Eight Don't undersell million. us. Yeah. Eight million. Half the internet is listening to our podcast. Everyone <laughs> in the everyone in the nation of Samoa <laughs> has left us an iTunes review. It's is that amazing. American Samoa? American Samoa. Oh wow! Okay. Indonesian Samoa. We're not so big in. Uh, we own American Samoa. Uh, what about the other uh, American properties like Puerto Rico? Puerto how's, how's Puerto Rico doing? I don't know. Okay. The, the Marinara Islands? I don't know. <laughs> the Marinara Islands? Yeah. It's got the Marinara Trench. That's where they get the sauce. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. From, they, for Arby's. They dredge that up from uh-huh. the sea. Yeah. Arby's and Pizza Hut both use it. Like, it's a depleting resource. There was... Well, and plus before the 70s when they had the deep sea technology, mm-hmm. there was no Marinara sauce. Yeah. It was it all was nacho discovered. cheese. We had to get that... Uh, you know, titanium steel subs that withstand a crushing depth. Where does the horsey sauce come from? Horses, Horses yeah. presumably. Yeah. They grind that down. It's like glue. It's yes. all hooves. It's like sheep uh, on Settlers of Catan. You take four horses, you grind <laughs> it up, and you get one tub. One of the little tubs of Oh, God. Sauce. It's off the rails already. All right. Well, that, that leads us into a little bit of what we've been doing, right? Because we played the other night a little bit of Settlers of Catan. Yeah, we've had, like, we're trying to get a board game renaissance going here. Um, yeah. We're massive fucking nerds. So on uh, New Year's Eve, when all the cool people are out partying, we're going to be sipping champagne and playing board games here at the Bald oh, Move yeah. headquarters. The, um, the Bald Cave. We've resisted playing Settlers for a long time. At least I have. Uh, I played it online a couple times. Did you? Yeah, but only single player, so I've never really played in an actual game of it. It's funny because when we got uh, with uh, Eric and Jesse, of uh, personal arrogance fame, um, and we went to PAX East and we played a lot of board games, we kind of went through a renaissance, and they recommended, like, you got to mm-hmm. get Settlers. So I'm like, okay. And I made it my a point to try to learn how to play Settlers every, time, every single time I went to a con. Mm-hmm. And they have these, you know, Mayflowers got these, or Mayfair, rather, got these. <laughs> Christopher Columbus wrote it. The Magna on. Carta. Uh, Magna Carta's got all these banners that says Catan University. 
Well, uh, university. Yeah, like that they're there to teach you how to play and like learn oh, how to play. And gotcha. I, every time I go up to those banners and I say, hey, uh, where do you learn – where do you sign up to learn how to play Settlers? And the university look at me and say, what the fuck are you talking about? What? Wait. We're running tournaments and stuff here. Do you point to the banners I and do. say, university means teaching, bitch? I, I do. I say, and I say, goes, oh, well, that's in some shithole down the hall. And I go to the shithole down the hall and I ask them and they're like, we don't have board games. and Or we what? don't have boards. Or you need to go talk to. So it's like. Bring your own game. BYOG. I feel it's like um, EA's customer support hotline. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like they say they have one, but they just route you through virtual hell. Yep. And spin yep. you around. And like ask you to whack a pinata and you just miss. There is no pinata. They just have you blindfolded, swinging, yeah. making fun of you. Uh, so, but I finally just decided, like, fuck it, I'm gonna buy this game mm-hmm. as an early Christmas present for moi. And it's great. It's a it's a hot yeah. game. Yeah, uh, playing it the other night with uh, you and your girlfriend that was kind of fun. Um, I lost, of course, mm-hmm. as I always lose in games. I rocked it. Yeah, yeah, you did pretty well. So he's like, uh, so like, my girlfriend was like dead tired, and you were drunk. Well, the, the, yeah, and part of it was that your girlfriend was playing, obviously against me. She what? had, oh yeah, yeah, she had the robber just sitting on my territories half the game. Well, that's because you, <laughs> to be fair, you tripled up on one primary uh, crop. All I had so, was wheat, though. What was I? Get, what was I going to do with wheat? It was eight. Like all I know is every time an eight popped up, you were like grabbing six wheat. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of wheat. So yeah, she and then I was grinding down. it into bricks somehow. Somehow, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works either. Make it into mud. Yeah, yeah. What's really disturbing is when you grind sheep into bricks. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. I don't know that cotton brick would work. No, nah, well, it's the bones. It's the bones Ooh, of the sheep that you grind into brick. So many. Yeah, you grind them into powder. You mix them with a little water. And... Four sheep into one brick. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so everyone knows about Catan. Who gives a shit, right? Yeah, I sure. Mean, either I've heard about it and you're never going to play it, or you haven't heard about it and you should play it, or you've heard about it and you're like, yeah, it's a great game. How about we talk about a game that everyone's heard of and no one's played recently? Or you might have played it as a kid and dismissed it. Um... Let's talk about. Uh, I'm talking thinking about Stratego. I don't know what you're. Me thinking too. About. Yeah. Okay. Stratego. So Stratego is a two-player game, and you've got these little plastic men that are facing you, and mm-hmm. only you can see their identities. And they've got like ten different ranks, like from private all the way to like the most powerful. I believe is marshal, and you got like general and lieutenants and captains. Yeah, and, I don't know the names of them. I just know the numbers. Right. So it works out that like if a, a like a, a number ten, the mm-hmm. highest rank can destroy everything on the battlefield except for another 10. If they come across each other, they suicide. And except for a spy? A spy yeah. Who is the lowest rank. Mm-hmm. So you got theirs like, ooh, strategy. And you got bombs that can't move, but they blow up anything but a miner. And, and I think most people are going to laugh when you say, ooh, strategy. Because Stratego, despite its name, has never been really known for strategy, I don't think. But the thing is, is tons of it. I, I agree. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, it's very similar to poker in that you're not just mm. playing the board mm. and the rules, but you're playing the man across from you. Yeah. Like, are you the type of guy that would put, you know, the flag, flag in the corner, in the corner, surrounded by three levels of bombs? Uh-huh. Or are you the kind of guy to, like, bury it right, right behind the lake in the front lines, expecting someone to blow right past it? Mm-hmm. Or just put it in the middle of any old place? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, are you the guy that's going to build a false bomb wall so the guy's, you know... Uh, run up against it and destroy their forces, and then finally get to the middle. It's just a scout. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I was trying to come up with while we were playing an effective strategy on this, and I think it worked 
decently well in the second game, my strategy was to basically disperse all of my units equally across the board. I wonder what you're doing. There was no way to really tell... Okay, I've hit the bomb wall now. Right. I've I've hit his defenses because there were no defenses. It was just random luck, and I figured that way. Like I put my heavy guys up front so they could come in and kill your guys mm-hmm. quickly, uh, and I was hoping that dispersing them across the board would make it difficult to find where my flag was. Um, I had a little bit. Of, I actually thought I was winning the second game. Um, because I had gotten your two most powerful pieces and still retained mm. my two most powerful pieces, so it was just a matter of cautiously probing with my shit pieces mm-hmm. for your bombs and getting your flag. But I forgot about the scout rule where he can, you know, it. He's kind of like a um a pawn, except for if there's nothing in front of him, he can go as many spaces as he wants till he hits something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you were able to use that ability to basically warp around my back lines in three moves, uh-huh. and I'd already moved any def- possible pieces to defend my flag. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then you still got lucky because there was three unmoved pieces. Two were bombs and one was a flag, and you picked the right one. <laughs> well, at that point, like, I had probed deep into your defenses, and – uh, yeah, it sounds perverted. Uh, but I withdrew at some point. I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know if his flag is over here. And then I started picking away at the other sides, and I realized, okay, I need to come back around this side, because you were moving your tent up the middle. And I was like, uh-oh, I got some danger coming in the middle. And my bomb, or my flag was there, defended by a few bombs. Yeah, simultaneously, I had actually reached one square away from your flag. Yeah. And yeah. I knew when I saw you doing that thing with the scout, I was like, oh, shit. But this is probably boring as shit for the people who are listening. Let's oh, talk yeah. about, like, why it's strategic. Because, because as you're... As you play this more with a person, you get to know their idea of strategy. Like, are they the type of person, like you said, put the flag behind the, the lake or whatever? Uh, and it becomes like this this one-on-one mental, not quite guessing game, but like I've figured out what you've done in the past three games that's going to color what you're doing in this game. But you know I know that. And I know you know that. And I know you know you know that. uh, Exactly. It's very like rock, paper, scissors. It's meta strategy for sure. You know, it's like... But it's there. Okay, he threw scissors twice in a row. Is Mm -hmm. he the type of guy that's going to throw him three? Uh (laughs) Or is he going to put the rock out now? Yeah. Should I play... It's it's, That's very much the flavor of the meta strategy. Yeah. But then there's a lot of strategy as far as do you dick around and you cautiously probe with scouts and miners? Sure. Um, and or let, do you put your heavy guys at the front so yeah, that nothing be, gets in? Because if you don't play aggressive enough, mm-hmm. you know the other guy that is barreling in there with his marshals and generals is going to eat up half your board, and then you're going to just have a simple numerical pro. You know, because I wonder, a, I wonder how well a strategy of like a front line of bombs and then like all your tens, nines, and eights right behind, them. and then your flag behind those i thought how about, well that would work i thought about on the if we were going to play uh that night and i was going to do a front line of bombs mm-hmm. and then like my two most powerful pieces in the center and then i was going to do a randomized like you said mm-hmm. i didn't know you did this but it's kind of like a random order of all the rest yeah like you yeah. know equal numbers and stuff and i thought that would be pretty good flexibility the only thing i don't like about a bomb front line is mm-hmm. it, it really hampers hampers your movement absolutely yeah you're basically I, saying i'm playing defense yeah i put a couple bombs in the front and that second game and i didn't ever move them and i assumed okay that gives away the bombs the other cool thing you can do is with your scouts only move them one space at a time so they don't yeah so they have no idea they're scouts right 
And I faked you out a couple times, <laughs> but I actually retreated with my marshal, uh-huh. and you're hunting down with your um, – I had – like my spy and something else that you could have easily vanquished, and mm-hmm. I had my marshal, and I actually retreated away with a marshal. You chased him, oh, and then I attacked him back and uh. killed like your nine with my marshal. Uh. Yeah, so there's a lot of strategy in that game. Yeah, and I got online. There's so many variations you can play. Um, first of all, like we, like the Monopoly type variations where it's Star Wars Monopoly no, or no, Mario no, no. Brothers. Like Monopoly. you can change the the rules, like you know, uh-huh. where instead of equal, like when a ten and a ten face each other, uh-huh. you can make it to where the aggressor wins. Um, there's a lot of other like just simple variations about that. With like you also can change the number, mm-hmm. um, like you draft. Uh, you so all the all the points are up there, but you can like they they say you put like a two hundred point army. And mm-hmm. each piece is worth, like, its number value. So if you take your marshal, that's 10 points away from your total pool. You know, that's hmm. you can that's, that's worth 10 scouts. Yeah. So you draft um, as big army, and it's kind of asymmetric. So a guy can have a big army of, like, smaller pieces or a very mm-hmm. smaller army of much more powerful pieces. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Lots of different things. And I found we are playing bombs wrong. Uh-oh. Bombs do not come off the battlefield unless a miner disarms them. What? That makes him way more powerful. So how would you get past a defense of... You don't. If you don't have miners... Tens and nines or and and bombs all around yeah. your flags. Yeah. If you, if, if you, that's why you have to preserve... Miners are very important to preserve. Whoa. That adds another layer of strategy. Okay, I didn't know that. So now if a guy comes and he knows he's killed all your miners and mm-hmm. he's got a ring of bombs around his flag, that other guy is just SOL. There's also... Uh, Strip Stratego that we haven't played yet. I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. Yeah. We'll, uh, we usually get around to that by accident. Like uh, we've had a little bit too much to drink. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> There's also Strati Stri- Joe, which is the G.I. Joe variant. Uh, <laughs> no. I don't know what I'm talking about now. Yeah, me either. But, yeah. Uh, fun game. Fun game. We also got, uh, just uh, last week, got Battles of Westeros, mm-hmm. um, which needs a surprising lot amount of assembly required. Yeah, it's kind of like putting together a miniatures game, um, like like Warhammer or something. You you almost have to paint your units. I know you're talking about doing that. Yeah, now that I've seen them, I don't know that. There's I mean, a lot of them. Yes. They're, they're <laughs> prime, yeah. That would take a long I time. I don't have that time. I tried to paint a miniature for Warhammer once. I saw that. It took me like six hours, and it was, it was terrible. A lot of pink. Yeah, yeah. I don't know pink and purple. Can, I don't know if that's canonical for a space marine. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> but yeah, that that'll be an interesting game. We actually played that at a PAX uh Gen Con. a year ago. Or Gen Con, yeah. 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 With the designer of the game. Yep. Um so the other thing I've been doing is I beat all the Uncharted's, uh except for Uncharted Three, which is which I I feverishly beat all the Uncharted's mm-hmm. with like two weeks before uh three came out. And I bought it like the week it came out, and then haven't played it because I'm an idiot that way. Well, yeah, time time crunch um, stuff. But I didn't uh, make a plow through Bar- uh, Batman: Arkham City. Cool, cool. How's that? Well, I had a very interesting experience with it in that uh, for the first six to eight hours I played it, I hated it. Uh, it annoyed <laughs> the shit out of me. Okay. And then by the time I was seventy five percent of the way through the campaign, I started liking it. Um, and then when I beat the campaign, I'm actually having much more fun now completing because when I beat the campaign, mm. I was 53% of the way done with the game is what the game told me. Is that good or bad? I don't know how that stacks it just, up. It just basically means you've got as much gameplay 
And that's not even counting the Catwoman side missions, which mm-hmm. is another, I guess, six hours of gameplay. And it's not counting, like, the Joker missions that were, like, a GameSpot exclusive that I'm sure will be in the game of the year or be able to be mm, yeah. DLC'd for, like, four bucks later on. That's another, like, four hours. But mm. there's it took me about 10 to 12 hours to get through the main campaign. There's another uh, about that much of gameplay in the expanded, like, there's a whole Riddler campaign. Oh, There's yeah. a whole serial killer campaign with Zaz. There's, like, all these different things, mysteries that you have to figure out. There's tons of Easter eggs in the game. Um, plus now when you beat the game, you can play the plus game, which is, so it's basically the game on hard, but a little bit harder, but you also have all your gadgets and experience from the get go. Okay. So you don't have to fuck around with earning the grapnel boost upgrade. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I did not know. Cause everyone's talking about this, like easy way to get through the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was one thing, the zip line, and when I got it, I'm like, well, I guess it makes it a little bit easier, but still mm-hmm. very cumbersome to go across this whole city. Yeah. Because unlike Arkham Asylum, where you were just in one little area, you're in basically this something the size of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um but there's this one particular upgrade I could have gotten like within five minutes of playing that makes traveling around a city just a breeze. <laughs> God, that's a shame. Yeah, it's called the grapnel line boost, uh-huh. and basically, if you grapple to the top of a building and you hit uh, the boost button twice, it like makes you go crazy fast and like slingshots you over the building that you're on and sends you in a parabolic arc, which you can then just fly. That sounds useful. And you can yeah. chain that to where you basically never even touch the ground and cover ground mm-hmm. very uh, rapidly. But it's great. The combat system, like that's the one thing. Um, I got pissed with the game because you have to go inside buildings, these particular buildings, mm. and it's so easy to get lost. Yeah, it looked. Uh, I was watching you play, and it looked like some of those rooms uh, were difficult to get out of. And not only that, because there's a lot of ways it look like you can go there, mm. and you c- kind of try, and you keep dying. You don't actually die, but Batman keeps like getting dunked in water, and he gets out. And, <laughs> um, but you, you you need a special utility. You need a special tool that you don't have yet. Hmm. But you keep trying, like, what the fuck? How do I? You know, and there's a lot of red herrings where it's like there's things you can almost do. Like, you can mm-hmm. hit this thing with this electrical boost, and it, like, swings open a door. And it's like, oh, well, that's where I need to go. But no, you also need ice grenades so you can freeze water to get there. Yeah, and that's what I've heard about this game is it's very, very dense. Like, there's yes. a lot of stuff packed on top of each other. Like, some of the buildings you have to go in four or five times. Yeah hours apart from each other and get a little bit further into it because now you've got a different gadget yeah and that was frustrating to me and also i thought basically the combat is so much fun yeah that i didn't like some of the puzzles um that they shoot like there's some like when you're tracking down this one guy called deadshot it's all about doing this forensic investigation it's actually fun when you're doing it but mm-hmm. when they just, like, throw one of those puzzles that kind of get your foot wet, feet wet into it, it's, like, dumb. It's, like, why do I have to track this bullet, you know? <laughs> okay. And I have to f- – and, like, there's also – Well, that's the, the detective part of Batman, right? Because that's a big part of Batman is the, the detective angle. Like, he's smarter. He's got a lot of equipment that does all this detective work for him. And there's some things that actually do feel like you're figuring stuff out. Uh-huh. But there's other things where it's just dumb. It's well, just I would like, think the trajectory of the bullets would it's seem It's just like, like that. go into night vision, hit the X, and the bat computer tells you the solution. Yeah, the problem... I have kind of a little problem with the bat vision. Like, or whatever it's called. You know, detective, yeah, detective mode or whatever mode. it is. It seems like that solves all the, all the puzzles in the game. 
Like yes. you just go into detective mode and up oh, there's a glowing Everything neon glowing thing that I need to hit. Is bad. Yeah. Yeah. What the digging. fuck? I don't that, know. that just removes all of the element of ex- exploration and I, I don't know. I Although just, it does keep you from trying to interact with stuff you can't interact with. Sure. And sure. The, the as you say, the environments are very dense, so mm-hmm. it's really easy to overlook like a button. Yeah. That's on the wall. Um, and it's also a great way to tell like whether a guy's got a gun on him or not. And, mm-hmm. um, and I also found that there's a couple things I didn't know. Like if you, during the predator, because there's two main forms of combat. There's like the brawling, uh, where your Batman's just kicking people's asses. And there's <laughs> oh. also like the predator mode where there's all kinds of like shadowy outcrops and you're like zooming in over people's heads and you're snatching them. Yeah. Like you think of the, in the first Christopher Nolan when he's in the warehouse and mm-hmm. like he's just like scaring the shit out of these guys and they start randomly firing. Well, if you get if you get the thugs terrified enough and you can see their heartbeat increase, um, huh. uh, and there's only, the last one left usually will surrender and you can interrogate them for some sort of bonus. Hmm. Cool. So I didn't know this uh, the first playthrough, but um, so now it's like I think I've only got like one campaign. I'm probably going to beat it on plus mode, and then I'll be done. I thought you said you wanted to hundred percent this game. I change your mind. There's five hundred <laughs> no. Riddler trophies, man. I know there's a lot of five hundred, and I don't think I've got the wherewithal and patience because some of them mm. are fiendishly hard to get. Plus, you've got Uncharted three lined up. You got to yeah. get to that. Like, do I want to spend 30 minutes trying to figure out what precise thing I need to do to get at this Riddler uh, statue? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to go, you know, shoot up guys with Nathaniel Drake? Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. the latter. Climb around Especially the when something I'm excited about with Uncharted 3 is the multiplayer. Like, they've got really? true. Yeah, they got true co op deathmatch. Like, that's something you and I could, like, oh, co-op split would be screen. Cool. Yeah. So it's like, my kind of. I'm what's going to be my trumpet return into competitive gaming. Yeah. <laughs> Against me, awesome. <laughs> no co-op deathmatch. Oh, okay. No, I know. I've I've talked about this. You'll whip my ass. Nah, I don't know what you're Especially talking about. Especially now that you've got so much more free time than me. It's like I like we'll start the game. You'll be a little bit better to me because your reflexes are better. And then like I'll go to work <laughs> and I'll come home and you're like you've like uh, ascended. You're like Wesley Crusher when he like held hands with a traveler. <laughs> You're a being made of pure energy, and I just can't understand uh-huh. your your evolved way of thinking now. Yes, my skills are so advanced. All right, uh, is that is that all you've been doing? Have you been watching any cool TV? Um, because you know we podcast a little bit about TV. Not really. No, well, shit on you. I've been watching Weeds. Weeds oh. is really good. I watched the first five seasons of that. I'm uh, kind of skip ex- seasons three and four. It's bullshit. Is it really? Uh, you can't skip them, obviously, because you missed the story, but. Seasons three and four, terrible. Seasons one, two, and five are awesome. I haven't gotten to six and seven yet. That's interesting. Um, there's a lot of uh, – that's actually something that uh, Seppenwall and someone else was arguing about today mm. about there's a lot of shows that should be miniseries and actually are oh, series, yeah. and they lose their way. Like they, they, one example was The, the Shield. They say season uh-huh. one and two are really good. Uh-huh. Like three, four was horrible. Seven, and then phenomenal. When they finally got to wrapping it up, it's like, okay, yep. where is the end in sight? It's like, why did you do season two and three and four? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you just tell a story? You had this much story, yeah. so fucking tell it. And that is why I love British television. Because they're Because all they miniseries. do like two seasons and it's done. Right. And and they might do like a Christmas special or something. But like a prime example of this is um, – like extras and The Office, yeah, uh, both Ricky Gervais shows, um, phenomenal because they're so concise and they pack so much into each episode, uh, and they're not they're not 
ever doing filler like you see in Weeds and, and Lost and every other show on American television. It's like, if we don't get this... I, and I don't understand the concept of syndication, I guess, because what do you need, like 100 episodes? Why do you need 100 episodes? I don't uh, know that's true. Uh, but but you need at least like five years plus. Yeah. But why do you need that to show the episodes? I don't get it. Because syndication shows at least once a, one day, once a day, Monday through Friday. And if you only had okay. two seasons, you'd basically repeat every three weeks. So like yeah, if but you, if, they're all if you got a awesome. nice ten season show like Friends, which is mm-hmm. all very episodic and nobody that you don't have to watch everyone, you know people can watch that for years and years and years in syndication, and never get sick of it. But if you had mm-hmm. to watch like, say like there's only one season of Game of Thrones and that was syndicated, yeah, two weeks in you're like okay, I'm watching the, it's like an endless sure. marathon. There's only so I much guess. to eat, but it it, it just seems like. You can pack better content into a smaller Certainly. period of time. But, like, syndication is basically like an Asian buffet. <laughs> Explain that. Does that taste good? Well, here's some more. It's, here's some more. You just eat until you get sick of it, and then you but, go but away. But then it, it and only tastes hung- mediocre, right? It's not yeah, great. Yeah, it's that's, just, why, that's why I said it's an Asian yeah, buffet. Yeah. I love Asian buffets, but if I had to eat one every you know. You like them because of quantity, not necessarily quality. It's decent, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but I basically eat and I get full, and then I get sick of it, and I don't want to eat there again until the next time. (laughs) Okay. It's like Simpsons. I can buy that. Like every once in a while, I get in the habit of coming home, Simpsons are on, Mm -hmm. I sit down and eat eat dinner and start watching it, and like, you know, I get a pattern going. And but then like I'll get a stretch of stuff that I've like seen and not that popular and then I'll drift away. Yeah, you get to season twenty and it's bullshit. But like you know, syndication allows the local networks that like pencil in people for like okay, hundred thousand people are gonna watch this mm-hmm. every day, and they're gonna be this particular demographic. Hmm. It's like the lazy way of like marketing that stuff. So that's okay. why I mean, I don't know if you All had right. a larger point. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was just wondering about that. Uh. So I've also been playing a few games. Uh, I played Skyrim a shitload. A little bit. Yeah, just a couple hours. Just, little, just to see. Just you don't want to kick the tires. You know, between like three and 140 hours. <laughs> somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, I talked about that on the Personal Arrogance podcast, so I won't go too much into that. Um, That's something and, else you did. You cheated on me, you bastard. Yeah, I went over you the You committed the podcast fornication. Padultry. <laughs> Well, it's, it's still kind of on our site, pa.baldmove.com. Yeah, yeah, our affiliate link. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, I played I a bunch of that. Every time, got... every time we give that link out, a little part of Eric dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get the whole thing. Uh, after so, all the horcruxes. So I've actually got a podcast coming out on that. Me and Jesse from Personal Arrogance are going to be doing uh, Skyrim Companions, which is... Is it coming out? I doubt it. It is. New Year. Like, not not New Year Day, but... It's like a unicorn. In the new year, in January. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. You'll see it. I've All got right. it recorded and edited. It's just waiting for an introduction. Tell me, because the idea, as soon as you told me, I laughed out loud. I think it's a brilliant idea. So the idea is we're going to talk while you play Skyrim. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a Skyrim commentary podcast. So we play uh, while we record the podcast. We're playing through the entire main story campaign. And what we're going to do is we're going to name the episodes with the mission names. So when you start this mission, play this episode. And now you may take a long time. I don't know. We kind of breeze through it because we don't want to. Uh, we don't want to be talking for another hour after you're done with your mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
basically we're going to do that. We're going to be reading some of the books from Skyrim because nobody dramatic ever reads readings. those. We're going to do dramatic readings of those. Nobody ever reads them, but it's lore that you need to kind of know. I hear some of this shit is creepy, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's some weird stuff in there. Some some creepy stuff, some funny stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the basic idea is you listen to this podcast while you play Skyrim, and we'll take you through the main story quest. Sweet. So uh, I've been recording that. I've also been playing around with OnLive, which is this pretty cool service. Um, this blows my mind, you describing it to me. Yeah, what it is is a, a service that allows you to play a game uh, without downloading it. And what what happens is you just start up the game, and it's running remotely on their servers, and they're taking your input from your controller or your keyboard or whatever, uh, processing it on their end, and then sending you back the video of what you've been doing. So I tested it out. There's a little bit of lag. I'd say uh, it's got to be on the order of like 100 milliseconds, um, at least on my connection. Is it It'll detectable? Vary. Yes, yes. I did notice that there was lag. Uh, but it's very minimal. I was surprised at, at how little lag there was. Really? For for the process that they described, yeah. Uh, it does, yeah. I played through a little bit of Saints Row, like the first half an hour, because I got a, a demo of that. Um, and that's the other cool thing. They allow you to basically demo any game on their service for 30 uh-huh. minutes. So Whoa. you can get a feel of the game. And, and it's literally, it just loads up like you're playing a video on YouTube or something. It's not like you've got to install anything. You just install the client and click on the game, and you're you're in the game playing. Right. Uh, very very cool. And I wish that this. I, I I hope that Valve actually buys them out and incorporates this into Steam because I have a shitload of games on Steam, uh-huh. and I want to play them on the fly without installing them. Uh, and I don't want my games split between two services: the online service or on live service and Steam. Because I I like to have all my games in one spot. Call right. me crazy. No. Uh, Do you think they ever will though? Because they're not they're not even remotely the same beast. They're not. But I feel like if Steam allowed you to do what On Live does, then it would be a powerhouse. I mean, why would you play anywhere else? But what I'm saying, do you understand what I'm saying? Like structurally, they're not the same. That'd be like the infrastructure. That, is like not Gabe Newell yeah. would have to be like, you know what? Fuck what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We need to like. Because they have to if, – if this thing got as popular as Steam, mm-hmm. my god, the computational processing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like we're talking about more than Amazon does, right? We're talking about serious computational power. I mean they would have to completely develop – I mean they – I guess you'd say Steam got caught with their pants down. Maybe what, what if Steam buys these guys? Uh, that's what I'm hoping happens. So that's what you're like an accusation. Yeah. And then all of my purchases on Steam will allow me to play them on on live or vice versa, whatever. Because I don't want them split. What'd you say their fees were? Like their rental fees? Uh, you can rent. They're kind of high. It's like you can do a three day, a five day, or you can just flat out buy the game. Uh, three days like six bucks, seven bucks. Well, that's not bad. I mean, it's a. Ba- that's a little high. You think so? It's, yeah. It's basically the same as like going to uh, what do you call those red boxes? Is it the same? Yeah, I mean, I thought, Redbox, I, thought, I thought video games on Redbox were like two bucks a day. Mm, maybe I don't know. I've never rented one from there. And then you have to go out and drive there and take it. That seems high to me. Really, I pay like four, maybe five bucks. Okay, so what but is six, a, seven? Is, is buying high. it outright cheaper? Surely not. No, it's retail. Really? It's like sixty bucks, whatever. Mm. But then you can play it anytime you want. You yeah, know? but man, I I don't buy anything full retail unless I got the physical mm. media. 
Steam is my exception. I no, I, I don't occasionally buy, buy. I've never bought yeah. anything full. Well, no, that's not a, that's not true. I bought like I'll buy Valve products because that's the only way you can get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy Portal Two, whatever. So um, I don't know. So I really hope that either Steam incorporates this feature or buys them or something because that that would be incredible. Uh, and I think OnLive is about to eat Steam's lunch. I think this is the future of gaming because I was playing this on my like 1.4 gigahertz laptop. Right. What the fuck? I can't play Saints Row the Third on my laptop without this service. On the other hand, that there's no way they can do. There's no way they can eliminate this particular lag or really hide it. That's right, because everything's server side. So, mm-hmm. and you realize we've got a fiber optic connection that has a sub hundred millisecond ping to everywhere. Yeah, like uh, if it, their servers are in Chicago, we might have a nineteen second millisecond ping. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. I don't know, like, if you had DSL, I don't think you, you might have, like, a, a quarter second to half second lag time. Maybe. I mean, the other issue is you're also streaming a shitload of con- of data well, yeah, that's because it's high-definition video. So is it limited to, like, what was the resolution? 1024, basically, or 1080p? I think it might have been 1080p, but even if you go there, I mean, what is 1080p on a movie? Two hours is, like... Oh, like two terabytes? No, no, get out of here! Two, uh, man, a Blu-ray rip is like two terabytes, isn't it? No, that's no, impossible because it only stores fifty gigs. I'm sorry, two gigabytes. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. It's like two, four, two to four gigabytes somewhere in there. I need a giga, tera, whatever. It's a nanometer. So if you're playing a game for eight hours, uh huh, then you're looking at ten plus gigs of data, fifteen gigs of data, right? And a lot of um. Like, ISPs will have caps on your data, like, especially Comcast, 250 yeah, it's, gigs. It's one thing to stream a two-gigabyte movie. You're going to watch it once. Yeah, exactly. If you play, like, you fucking... Like, Team Fortress 2 would be Or what you ridiculous. did with Skyrim. Or Skyrim, 140 hours of HD video? Yeah. Would be insane amounts of that, bandwidth. That's all the time, too. It's not like yeah. it's like you play it for 10 hours a day. No, they'd cut me off in a second. They'd mm-hmm. be like, nope, too much bandwidth. So that's a problem, too. Uh, so, but I really feel like this service, if they can... Somehow iron out the bugs. I don't know how they get rid of the lag thing, but man, it's a cool feature. Well, I mean, latency. The thing is, is like every, if we all went all fiber optic, mm-hmm. I mean, latency might be a thing of the past. Maybe it still takes time to travel from California to here. You know, yeah, but th- you could address that with regional data centers. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you know, never have you know, never have to have a, a physical path of longer than five hundred miles or a thousand miles and. Yeah. Have it all yeah. fiber, fiber through the home. That'd be sweet, man. It would be sweet. I'm really considering starting to buy stuff on, on live, but I've got so many games in Steam. I've got like 200 and, games. And the holiday sales here again. Yes, I want to talk about so that. I, I bought, Steam like, holiday I bought like 20 games last year. <laughs> yeah. Ask me how many I've played. Uh, zero. No, I actually played two. Oh, shit. But that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I didn't spend big money. I spent sure. like 40, 50 bucks. Yep. And I got a shitload of like 20 games. But like, I'm starting to question whether I should even get into this ge- this year's uh, deal because, my yeah. God, uh, the return on investment, I've already got too many games I can play mm-hmm. in a whole year's worth of time. So, like, unless I get like uh, disabled. Like, my legs get crushed, or... <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Pray for it. I <laughs> get a lot of gaming Unless time. I get, like, a C6 spinal fracture, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to... You know, basically, everything below the nipples. Yeah, I can yeah. lose everything below the nipples and still game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Uh, sure. What happens if you put your hands down below your nipples? They go numb? Yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> or like, if it's a certain level, I think you can't use your hands, but you can still feel your armpit hair. That would be the worst. What? Because your arms, armpits would itch, but you can't scratch them. You veto. Have to have someone else veto this conversation. Okay. I don't know where this is going. All right. That was Christopher Reeve's problem. He had that, oh, was he had, it? He could, he, the he armpit could, hair? He had his armpits, but he couldn't breathe. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, sure. So, yeah, Steam Holiday Sale. Go check that out. There's a lot of good games um, for very low well, prices. Did you see, like, someone was posting today that, like, you could get Rage. For thirty three percent off, so mm. this is the one that I might actually buy. So it's forty bucks. Oh, yeah. Um, or you get the entire ID collection that include Raged was eighty seven percent off for twenty seven dollars. What? Yeah, you get weird shit like that on the Steam sales wow. all the time. I gotta, I gotta go check that out. I'm actually thinking like twenty seven bucks, and I get Rage. And everything, including the Commander Kings. Wow! Like literally their Old entire school. library. Yeah. I mean, fuck, why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's a really good deal, because most of those are like 80 bucks. I might be tempted to like blow through the first uh, episode of Doom, too, just for old time's sake. Uh, my problem with those kind of sales, those big packages, is like, I've got half of those games already. You know, the value decreases the more sure. of the games you already like, own. Like, I bought outright Wolfenstein, Doom, yeah. Doom 2. I, bought the I Doom don't have them anymore. I don't have no idea where the fuck they are. I mm-hmm. bought Quake. Uh, I took a break. I didn't. Have oh, to play I mean, it. I own them in Steam. Already. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but still, twenty seven dollars for Rage. Uh, yeah, that's it a good. Might point. be worth it. And then mm. you can give away the other copies to like I don't know. Yeah, use the gift code. Podcast listeners or whatever. Sure. Bribe listeners. Yeah, call in. Like the good old days. Five 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 one two one two. Three zero two three two zero. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, playing a lot of games, watching a lot of TV, getting ready to podcast more about television. Oh God, I'm worried because we got There's a lot of stuff coming up. So on our slate, we've basically got uh, we're definitely doing and have either recorded or starting to record mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Mad we Men. We know for sure we're going to do Mad Men, mm-hmm. but we've got like Justified we want to do to starts up next month. Yep. We got Homeland that's like people are raving about Boardwalk Empire, which I've seen enough of that I know I want in on that shit. Yeah, that looks very much to me like. Like the slow burn of Mad Men or The Wire, I guess. Right. Where and I still want to do like my awesome ultra Mad uh, Wire, the Wire podcast. Yeah. I mean, this is a problem. We have, have yeah, to, we have a serious TV uh, overload. Yeah. I don't know what we're gonna do about that. Become no. hermits. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what else we got to talk about? Oh, um, so I was listening to Personal Arrogance. And particularly mm. your guest spot, and you talked about patching system game systems. Oh yeah, yeah. In particular, how they shipped uh, Skyrim, Skyrim broken. broken for PS3 to where in certain areas, which is the most popular areas, uh, the game basically had an effective frame rate of one a frame per second. Yes, sir. And that they would never do that in the old days because because um, they couldn't fix the it. reviews would be like this is bullshit don't buy it nobody would buy mm-hmm. it and they wouldn't have time to f- patch it and so that's it that was a decent enough po- point but i want to talk about something that i think is even worse which is you don't get to choose whether you want to patch it if you're going to patch it now or whatnot mm. and a couple other bullshit things i want to because and this all came to light over thanksgiving 
I went up to uh, my girlfriend. She's there's a she has a, a lake house up in northern Indiana. So I decided to take my Batman save games because mm-hmm. I was because I was going to beat it up there. Um, so I it was kind of already weird enough that I transferred the save game to this USB drive and then I took it up there, transferred it back over, started to play the game. Uh, turns out their PS3 hasn't been updated in like three months. Oh god! I had an hour, <laughs> two different patches that required two different reboots, and it was mm-hmm. an hour to install. And uh, the great PSN system doesn't allow you to update in the background. Right. Those fuckers. Which that's that's a whole other level of fuckedness. Yeah. So I've, I'm basically sitting there a prisoner. I can't watch a Blu-ray. Mm-mm. I can't play another game. It's I can't useless download for anything. an hour. It's a brick. Yep. Um. And I, there's no option to like, okay, the game was playable when it came out. Yeah. Because people played it. So, mm-hmm. like, these are minor enhancements and tweaks and stuff like that. And I understand, like, you may, so, so give me an option to play it and disable trophy mode. Or if it's a multiplayer mm-hmm. capable, disable me from playing online if you're worried about me exploiting. But just to lock me out, that seems like bullshit, especially when it's just downloading. Yeah. No, I can buy shit in their store and download gigabytes worth of games in the background, but I can't download mm-hmm. a patch what in the, the background. Fuck? It's it's seriously fucked is up. Is that PS3 only or is that also Xbox? No, no, that is PS3 exclusive. Really? That's so a Xbox, feature, not can, a bug. <laughs> but, but, but Xbox won't allow you to, like, defer patching a game, will it? Uh, I don't know about deferring the patch, but it will definitely let you download in the background. So you can use the Xbox while you're downloading. So I was playing Batman. I finally beat it. My girlfriend's done studying for finals. We we're going to play a little Big Planet too. Ah, uh, fuck you. Uh, there was one 507 meg patch, and they have a shitty internet connection up there. Oh, it, it was going to take six hours to play. <laughs> so you're not playing that have, game. I don't have any save games. I just want to get in there and start playing the first mission and all that kind of stuff. What the hell? Like I, I think that is a broken system. If you can't... I got a single player game. I want to get I want to get on and play it and I'm stymied because of a system update mm-hmm. or a game update or basically anything. Yeah, I I have a lot of problems. I talked about this on the Personal Arrogance podcast with with the way updates are implemented. I mean, it's absolutely insane to me coming from a PC background that I can't download anything in the background. And here's the other thing. Because um, I was prepared to rage because while I was waiting, I was like, well, I want to make sure I know how to to copy the save games over because I was having a problem with that. Mm. Turned out one of my save games is corrupted, um, but I had another b- backup, so it's, it's all good. But I was like, at first I thought, okay, what's going on? So I researched the error. There's people talking about like not being able to – like you can back up a save game and like mm. if your PS3 gets wiped or whatever, you can restore it. Or if you fuck up your save game, you can restore it. But if you just want to, like, I got my Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 save, and I want to go over play at my friend's house and play with all my weapons and my account, hmm. I'm going to go on his system, I'll log him out, log hmm. into my PlayStation Network ID, copy the save game over, oh, it's locked to my hardware, encrypted yeah. to my hardware. What uh, the fuck? Oh, yeah, this is nothing new, man. I can understand. No, I can't understand. <laughs> all right. Uh, um, I'm going to hit myself in the head so I can get in the framework. So I'm a retarded executive and I'm like, I don't want people to be able to easily access information that they fucking paid for. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like if my, mm-hmm. if, if you're my friend and you play fucking modern warfare three for 60 hours a week and you unlock all the awesome weapons and I'm some office drone that only gets to play for three hours in a weekend. And I want to play with you. Mm-hmm. So you're like, here friend, here's my save game. You take all my shit. 
why did why does any fucking company care? It's free. They don't make any fucking money from it. Why in the hell would they not let me do that? But if know. you were so fucking retarded that you wanted to do that as your business model, lock it to their PlayStation ID. It, here, here's the thing. They don't understand what makes them money. I swear they don't understand because it is not milking your customers that makes you money. It's satisfying your customers. Make your customers happy with the product you've given them, and they will want more of it. Dissatisfy them. Annoy them with bullshit, and they will not want any more of it. But what, I, what I'm saying is, I don't care. Convenience. Have they not learned anything from Netflix? But but Convenience w- is king. If they want to require someone to have a unique experience and to beat all that shit, why, don't lock, why not lock it to the PlayStation Network account? Because you cannot have <laughs> sure. two accounts logged in at the same time. I get you, yeah. Because I know that for a fact, because when I was playing up there, you mm-hmm. turned on the fucking PlayStation to play Skyrim, and it kicked me off. <laughs> oh, did it? So then I'm like, nice. well, fuck you, I kicked you off. <laughs> but I was like, so there's a solution. You don't, Why, what possible reason could they have to lock a save game to a physical machine? Well, uh, to the hard drive. Okay, I'll, I'll what present I, another question for you to yeah. answer, another conundrum. Why region code anything? What the fuck sense does that make? That makes that I it doesn't make sense except for they have different pricing in different regions. So if I'm an Australian, why the fuck would I play ninety bucks for Skyrim when I can just get the North American version for sixty and have it imported? What in a digital world, in a world where I can download anything from across the globe in seconds, but you why you're region talking, code anything, dude? You're talking Blu-ray. You're talking physical media, though, partner. No, no, I'm talking. They you don't can region, download they everything. They don't region now. encodes. Uh, you can, but not legally. Oh, dude, they don't allow you access to the to the PlayStation Store from Japan versus like to the American Store versus the uh, vice versa. The, they don't allow it because unlike Steam, they actually have a they have predatory pricing based on what region you're in, and they want to protect that. So basically, Steam if you, does it too. If you're in Asia or like the shittier parts of Asia or Latin America where mm. rampant piracy is rampant, um, like this is I, I'm making shit up actually, but I've heard like mm. Windows licenses cost effectively five dollars. We pay for okay. the same product two hundred dollars over here in America because us as Americans will buy it. Yeah, because we have more if money I, conceivably. The same way, like I got a gray market Peyton Manning T-shirt. Or uh, like like so so Gray I got a market. replica jersey that would have cost uh. me two hundred and fifteen dollars if I went up to the NFL Pro Shop. Mm-hmm. I bought a gray market jersey. It's the same fucking thing, mm-hmm. but it's sold in it's sold in like Malaysia. I bought off eBay for forty five bucks. Sure, sure. So that's why you're they're doing this region locking. They're trying to preserve this physical media. They're, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying so, to treat digital shit like it's physical media. So what you're saying is they want to acquire as many customers as possible, and that means different price points and therefore region coding. Because right. literally, if you're in Ethiopia, you cannot afford a $50 game. You would never buy it. You're buying a $2 game. Right. But they don't want us buying $2 games because we can afford $50 exactly. games. Exactly. Crazy. They're ex- they're, they are milking us for ex- as much as they want, but what – so I understand that. I think mm-hmm. it's bullshit, and it's this whole system is going to come down as a result of it. Sure. But to take Absolutely. it back to my – I can't underfathom 
So if I'm if I'm a mech, if I am a, a guy on a PlayStation and I've got ten different games that are all locked in my system and my hard drive dies or mm. my PlayStation three dies, oh. but I've I've been I've been a smart guy and I backed up all my PlayStation. Do you know what kind of rage I would feel if I got my paid two hundred fifty dollars for a brand new PS three, load all my save games up and found that none of them worked? Yeah. The same rage you'd feel when you found out that every song you bought on iTunes doesn't work because you reinstalled your OS. But there's a way to <laughs> unfuck that. You, you, oh, yeah. You call them up and say, can I please have my music? And they and then they say, eh, maybe. Yeah, you've only asked once in like five years. So yeah. You're probably legit. There's nothing you can do in this PlayStation 3. I, like, I looked at forms. There's no tool. <laughs> there's no hotline. There's nothing but go fuck yourself. It's fucked. We, we are in the stage of digital media where we are just getting screwed left and right because people are trying to figure out, A, what we want, and B, what they want. Like, they want more money. We want convenience, and there's this intersection that's going to happen, but it's going to happen in the future, where we all come to an understanding of this is how much we're going to have to pay for this amount of convenience. What's like uh, my famous story about this is like I'm a QuickBooks user because I've owned my own business for a long time. Oh, God, QuickBooks. And like I was using – and QuickBooks costs like 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I bought this one version, and I was using it for several years. And one day, it just I was I was starting using it. it says uh, this you, this is no longer valid. Contact QuickBooks support. So oh, I called them up, God. and they're like, "Oh, that's a three year old version. You need all these different tax updates." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I have no employees. Mm-hmm. It's just me. I don't even use this to prepare my fucking taxes. I use this to put in my invoices and my out, and I export it." And I do my taxes by hand. Like, mm-hmm. sir, we can't help you. As he's telling me he can't help me, I'm on um, one of the crack sites. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I just found a crack <laughs> that's going to let me continue using the software. Uh-huh. And guess what? I now have the deluxe version. Yeah, and that's the big so problem. So thanks for locking my shit out. Now I've got the better version. Yeah, because, I just upgraded for free. Thanks. Yeah, and you know what? When I go, While I'm here, I might as well get QuickBooks for 2010. <laughs> might as well. So go fuck yourself into it. And that's that's kind of the war that's going they on They turned right now. a paying customer into a thief. Yes, yes, because they don't want to allow the convenience that we require it's to, just like, to use their product. You see some of these things like uh, one of the Splinter Cells, like Mass Effect, had like mm-hmm. basically a root kit that they installed on your computer mm-hmm. to play it, or it's like tracked. It's like and or so you could pay sixty bucks and get treated like a criminal, yep. or you could pay nothing and get and have download it free. and, and crap. Yeah, it's like so. Yeah, what? Ugh. I'm disgusted with it. Yeah, everyone is disgusted with it. Somehow people are still paying for it because because it's making money. I mean, video games make more money than fucking Hollywood. No, that's what I mean. People are still buying this yes. shit. Yeah. Why, why do people buy the bullshit DLCs and, like, just so many things that are wrong right now? I think we're in the phase where we're figuring it out. Yeah, and I think... And 20 years from now, this is all going to be settled. And, and, like, the parts that are really bad and most people don't know about, like, probably less than 1% of the people that played Mass Effect were aware of... I'm using Mass Effect. I don't even know if that's that's a real example. <laughs> okay, but less than one percent of the people that use these that down you know that basically are malware were aware yeah. of the issues yeah. involved. And there's less than like you know we talked about this on the other Blue Yonders where like GameStop um, is now selling ten dollar online licenses. So you buy Madden and oh, you go God. trade it in and you go buy a used copy of Madden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the game, but you can't play online unless you buy another $10. Yeah, you get it $5 cheaper, but then you have to pay $10 for the code. Exactly. Until people figure that out and there's a 
uh, a, a groundswell of like this is bullshit. We're not buying these games. That's the problem. There They're will never be. There will never be a groundswell. Oh no, they'll overreach. Nah, that's what companies do, man. That's well, why we have unions. Okay, you're right. You're right. That's why we have unions because fucking companies couldn't keep five year olds from working cotton <laughs> gins and complex machinery yeah. and killing people. So p- people had to rise up against it. Well, people they've already overreached with me. Like EA is. Online they're, bullshit. They're dead to you, right? Dead. I won't do I'm it never going to sign up for that. I'm never going to buy a product through there. I've bought Manning. Ev- I've bought Matting every fucking year, and I this this year I'm like, <laughs> nope, not doing it. No, I'm talking about their online system. I'm talking about the EA is Madden. Okay, I'm <laughs> saying like when I heard about this online, I'm like, nope, fuck it. I don't. Yeah, I done. don't care that much. I'll play Madden 2011. Fuck you very much. And, and I'm in the boat of vote with your dollar. Yeah, you know, you have because to. that is they are never going to listen to we don't like this, but here's my money anyway. Anyway, right? They're never going to give a shit about that because right. you're still giving them money. It's just like if you got a friend that shows up two hours late every single time you want to party with them, uh-huh. they're never going to stop doing that unless you finally say, you know what, fuck you, we don't really need you that bad. Yeah, and even yeah. then they probably won't, but at least they won't be annoying your dumbass. <laughs> sure. Like in a in a country where where corporate corporations are people. Oh, don't the get me started on that. Vote, the only vote that matters is money. Yes. So don't sit there and bitch and whine on fanboyforum.com and then give them your $60. Yeah, what the fuck no are you doing? No matter how bad you want to play it. Because that nullifies everything you just said. If you say, fuck this company, I hate this policy, here's my money, that does nothing. You've, you've got to stop buying bullshit. Ugh. All right, we we're talking. Ranty. About- how long? How long are we running? Because we have. Uh, we're running about fifty something minutes. You want to go to? Because we so like four months ago, yeah. we asked for like we're like, hey, we're going to put this show on hiatus. Give us your final feedback. And yeah. I even said that I'd donate. Was it fifty dollars per feedback? No, right? <laughs> no, no, no. no. Okay. I think it was five. It was maybe five. It was ten. No, it's five. Um, for every piece of feedback we got, we got a mm-hmm. lot of it. We actually, believe it or not, recorded a final cast. But yeah. we thought it would be awesome to get, like, completely shit-faced to do it. I didn't And work. we listened to it, and it was unlistenable. And yeah. we wanted to come back and fix it, but then Breaking Bad started, and then Walking Dead started, and we yeah. never got a chance. So, af- 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 with a four-month lag time, uh-huh. episode 77, we're going to finally re-listen, read your, your final feedback. Say what you were going to donate to, though. You just said you were going to donate. Oh. Um, to EA. <laughs> To Child's Play. Yeah. So this is a charity started by the Penny Arcade guys, and sure. it's, it's, it's been running for about seven years, and it's a direct result from Jack Thompson, who, if you're aware of video games, you know who he Fucker. is. If not, you, you basically... He's an ex-lawyer. He's a lawyer that... No, ex-lawyer. He's, he's ex-lawyer. Just he got disbarred yeah. by the state of Florida. Thank God. Which is hard to, have, to, to actually get done as an attorney. Yeah. Um, but his position was video games cause people to kill people. Yeah. And video gamers were scum, and people that made video gamers basically are making weapons of mass destruction. So the Penny Arcade guys, um, he actually said, well, I'll give someone $10,000 for someone to make a particular video game that does this one particular thing that he thought that no video game makers would ever make. Within 24 hours of issuing a challenge, someone had modded a game to do exactly what he said. (laughs) And he said, well, I I was just using that for effect. So the Penny uh, Arcade guys donated to the EFF ten thousand dollars, and they oh. put in the memo because you because Jack Thompson doesn't have the balls to. Yeah. So then he got in this big famous war of aggression. So then they decided to like you know what fuck you we're going to start up a charity that does nothing but help children. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do is so they they 
they each year they have a drive where they donate toys and video games to children's hospitals. Yeah. So if a, a kid's taking dialysis, they can play a Game Boy while they're doing it. Or if a kid's going undergoing chemo, mm-hmm. they can play a board game or have a toy to distract them. And I, as a as a as a father who had a two year old that had to spend almost a week in a hospital uh, with a lymph node problem, I'm telling you. These toys make all the difference in the world of these kids' lives. They're sitting around toting around IVs, and they're getting stuck, and they don't understand, and they're in pain, and they're crying. It's a harrowing experience. It's a harrowing experience, and the toys and games are what makes the kid the, the whole thing worth it. So it's something I'm very passionate about, and I said that I would donate t- five, five bucks, five bucks yeah. per. I, mean, I might, I might do more. Maybe, and they always do it around Christmas time. So I still have enough. I still have time to get that donation slipped in. They literally raise millions of dollars. It's childsplay.org. Yeah, uh, childsplaycharity.org. Go there and donate. Um, there's every local children's hospital is listed. You can donate to the slush fund where they just distribute it equally, or you can actually go to your. Like, you know, we got Riley. The slush fund sounds like they're just taking the money and buying islands or something. One thing is they just distribute it equally amongst. But okay. if you, like if right. I'm, I live in Indiana, I want to go to Riley. Oh, okay. So I you can, can actually do that? say I want my money to go to Riley. You tag it with a certain. Yeah. Oh, nice. And there's the, all the Humble Indie, indie, bun, um, indie Bundles. That's one of the donation options. Yeah, I actually just bought Humble Indie Bundle 4. Um, that's up right now. And actually, you get a shitload of games with this. I accidentally only paid $6. Um I thought I was only getting the like four or five games. No, they've added that are like there. four or five. Yeah, what they did is they also gave me Cave Story and some other thing, which I love. Cave Story, it's awesome. Hmm. Um, but then they went back and gave me the Humble Indie Bundle three games as well. So I've got like twelve games for six bucks. I'm going to go back and donate some more. Like I feel like I'm ripping the developers off, you know. Uh-huh. So yeah, go check that out. Uh, I think it's I don't know the URL. Just search for Humble Indie Bundle. Right, you'll find it. Uh, so anyway, final feedback. Uh, Darth Paxis, uh, he wrote, uh, well, fuck. I'll be sure to send you guys, uh, email to you guys. I do have a question. What about the listener episode? I don't know if you guys mentioned it in the episode. Oh. I haven't heard or not, but I'd like to hear it. Tell us about the listener episode, Jim yeah, Jones. So I had this crazy idea, and I think I sprung this on you during an episode. Yeah. Didn't tell you anything about it, but I had this idea to basically start a Google Doc a public Google Doc where people could go and insert topics that they wanted us to talk about. And then we would record a podcast based on those topics. And some people did it. Um, We didn't, I feel, get a full episode's worth of stuff. So we never actually recorded it. But, I mean, that might still be on the table. I don't know. Um, We'll have to, like, post the link in the show notes. I'll go as far as to say is we're not going to ever stop doing Blue Yonder. It's just going to be mm. a, an extremely irregular release schedule. Yeah, sporadic releases. It's good to rant, though. That's something we don't really do. – see, doing TV podcasts, we have to kind of stick to a specific topic right. of the television show. But I like this more and, freeform. And we go of. with good stuff. We don't, like, watch bullshit except for the Jersey Shore. I mean, I've heard that's our bastard stepchild of a podcast. Sure, yeah. If you want some reality TV dish – uh, type stuff. Insane bullshit is what it is. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, but I love it. We got it on our site. Um, yeah. But we don't do stuff that's bad, so we don't usually rant about it. We talk yeah. about like how insightful it is and all that. We try to keep things like more R-rated and not NC-17. Yeah. Um, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, so Peter, our old co-host, mm-hmm. uh, sent us a piece of feedback, but you know what? Fuck that noise. Who gives a shit? I'll count him towards the child's play charity. 
and we'll just move on. Uh, Michael VZ said, I discovered Blue Yonder just recently after listening. Oh, man. When Expendables 2 come out, we're definitely all over oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that they've got – They lined up uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yep. Yeah. And um, not Steven Seagal, the other guy. Yeah. Who Fuck, is there it? was one guy who we really wanted in the last one and didn't make it in. Uh, fuck. I don't know. Don't don't worry about it. Just keep going. Well, because guys, Michael. Brewer, if I look at Michael Brewer's uh, homepage, he would have because he actually talked about. Oh, it. plug Mad Brew. Uh, Mad Brew Labs. He's occasional co-host. He's yeah. actually going to be doing our um, yeah Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones podcast. podcast. Yep. Um. So you'll get used to hearing his uh dulcet tones. I don't know how dulcet they are. I don't know but... if they're dulcet, but he definitely has tones. I don't um, know that ex marines can really be or be dulcet. Well, I, not an ex marine. He's still a marine, right? He uh, they, was a there are no f- such thing as an ex marine. That's what I thought. Yeah, They're like it's a lifetime appointment, like a Supreme Court. Justice. Yeah, you're once a marine, always a marine. Chuck so, Norris. Yes, Chuck Norris. Legend. Seventy year old Chuck Nor- Chuck Norris is going to be. He's not seventy. Bullshit. But no way. How he did an awesome uh, World of Warcraft commercial where yeah, he, he must have dyed his hair. Certainly. The man can't have reddish blonde hair at 70 years yeah, old. Yeah, he does, because every single time a gray hair starts to <laughs> he just, grow, he roundhouse kicks he it. extradites and... it. He sends it over to France. That's where they get their gray hair. There's no gray hair in France. Chuck Norris okay. sends it all over. Wikipedia, Carlos Ray Norris was born March 10, 1940, Carlos. age 71. Car- Chuck is not short for Carlos. He, he fucking made it. He's short for Charles. He fucking made it short for Carlos. Okay, all right. Uh, but he's Fair 71 enough. years old. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. He's roundhousing death right in the face every day. <laughs> the Grim Reaper comes for him. He's like, not today, motherfucker. Not today, bitch. Uh, shall I get back to the feedback? Sure, um, do it. So Michael VZ uh, said, I discovered Blue Yonder just recently after listening to the Breaking Good cast, and I went back and listened to many of the older episodes. You guys have a great podcast, and I'm sad to hear it's ending. The episode I enjoyed most was the one where you talked about the pranks. I had a lot of laughs from this one and reminded <laughs> of a prank I heard. Uh, and he re- regales us with this prank story. That was one of my favorites, too. I'm going to insert a clip right here. All right. So this involves, once again, Ace Jace and our good – well, my good friend. I don't know how much how, how friendly you guys were with him, but uh, uh, I'll call him Jonesy. <laughs> Okay. All right. So these guys both decided to enlist in the army at the same time. And they're going to go to basic training. And Ace Jace, as a joke, into his duffel bag, into Jonesy's duffel bag. Oh, no. He had, got, he, he had gotten him as a gag gift years before an authentic Swedish penis pump. <laughs> like giant oversized, just like from the movie Austin Powers, Austin Powers <laughs> with a Swedish flag on it and everything. So oh, he Swedish like flag? This, they print Swedish flags on these things? Yeah, I mean, it's a Swedish penis pump, and it, it, it's like a gag gift. The like, Swedes I mean, are proud of their yeah, penis yeah. pumps, oh, yeah. apparently. They, they, want, they, 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 they have national pride in it. Wow. Um, so anyway, <laughs> he puts this into his duffel bag because you're basically, you get on a bus and you're on a duffel bag, you go to basic training. Well, what Ace Chase doesn't know is what they do to new recruits is basically the drill sergeant comes in there, screams oh, in everybody's God. face, takes your duffel bag and throw, unzips it and throws the entire content <laughs> on the floor. You know, basically just <laughs> rifles through everybody's shit. Yeah, number one, important. to check for contraband. Number two, to degrade and humiliate you. Sure. Number three, to make everybody clean their shit up. Um, just as a you know, kind of way to traumatize you. 
Yep. So and, and uh, so Jonesy's at the end of the line, and you know all these guys are getting their shit just thrown, and the guys screaming like, "What are these soldier <laughs> cookies from home? You got cookies from your mama? Your mama's not here anymore, boy." Crumbles the cookies up, goes on. Something is denied as cookies. Yeah, and he's thinking he's the whole time thinking, "What are these dumbasses doing bringing this shit?" I mean, they must know that they're going to, you know, all this stuff. So the drill sergeant gets to his bag, unzips oh, it, throws it on the ground, this enormous Swedish <laughs> penis pump. Drops in basic out. training, That's runs so and just clatters to the floor and spins around <laughs> like it makes this big production. And it actually, like, took the drill sergeant aback. He like, he speechless? just sat there and, like, got red with rage thinking that <laughs> it, Jonesy was fucking with him. <laughs> like, like, what, you know, and, like, just got... Private Joker went nuclear with rage and made the whole the whole platoon or whatever organizational unit do all these exercises like oh we've got a Joker in our oh let's see how funny you think this is and just basically and so the and the whole platoon hated Jonesy the hilarious from day one is that Jonesy is actually a Joker and I could yes. see him doing that but, 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 he's but it's like, so much funnier because he didn't know he, and he's sitting there like a landed fish can you imagine not knowing that and seeing with Horror. The Swedish penis pup emerged from your bag and clattered to the floor. And you're, he's, he's like, he's sitting there and his mouth is just moving. No words are coming out. And he's like, turned beet red. Oh. There you go. Do you remember how hard I campaigned for the fucking pranks episode? Dude, I was so resistant to the pranks episode because it didn't have anything necessarily to do with geeks. But it did. And you were trying to spin it like, oh, geeks love to play pranks. I don't know any geeks who play pranks. I play pranks. I'm a geek, bitch. I guess, but I didn't know you at the time you were playing pranks. I've never seen you pull a prank. And yeah, if you start pulling pranks I'm, on me, I'm going to be pissed. That's because I'm I'm, like, I'm in my 30s, and I don't want unexpected shit to happen. No. Want, unless it's good. So unless if I drop like, good. a bucket of water on your head when you come in the door, you're not going to like it? Like, no. No. All right. No. So there's three pieces of feedback. Ching, ching, ching. $15 of donation. Jesse Wilson. Yeah, personal arrogance fan. Good friend from personal arrogance. PA.ballmove.com if you want to follow them. Co-host of the Skyrim it. Companions podcast. They are Coming week- in January. They are one of the few podcasts I listen to weekly. Yep. Uh, hey, wanted to give you guys some feedback for the late last episode. Blue Yonder hit me out of the wild Blue Yonder with a declaration of war. <laughs> True story. Uh, yeah. I was instantly a fan and immediately became a weekly listener. This was during a pretty crappy time in my life. Oh, he's getting real. Uh-oh. Watch out. It's getting dusty in here. I had recently gotten dumped by a girl I loved, moved back in with my Ouch. parents, and was commuting three hours each way uphill in six inches of snow <laughs> to work a janitorial night shift in Sounds a Sounds a lot like my dad. <laughs> during this dark time in my life, Blue Yonder was something to look forward to, something that made me laugh, smile, and encouraged me to keep up with personal arrogance. I don't know how to properly articulate it, but Blue Yonder meant a damn lot to me. Now I'm working as an assistant brewery at, brewer at said brewery. I live in Seattle. I'm no longer heartbroken and all's well. Blue Yonder has been with me every step of the way. Meeting you guys in Boston was awesome. I was apprehensive right before I met you guys. I had no idea if you'd be like a person. I was afraid you guys might be weirdos. We are weirdos. We're weirdos. I think Jesse's just weird too. So Yeah, a lot of geeks are weird. Yeah, we're weird in the same way. Luckily, we hit it off and had the best time hanging out with you guys. You're both welcome in my home and on my podcast any day, and I'm honored to call you friends. Interestingly enough, I've lived in his home. 
<laughs> and you have been on his podcast. I have. So we and have... we're doing it again. We're doing the Pax East thing. Yeah, he's uh, going to this sh- year. He's that's right. He's going to shack up with us again. Yeah. So we have abused the shit out of that offer. Which yeah, you man. Hadn't done that. We're going to play some board games. We're going to check out some exhibit halls. So he says, thanks for all the laughs, guys, and stay airing it. Um, so again, just background on that. Yeah. We declared war on personal arrogance. We were trying to think of a way to like get a bigger audience, and we're uh, like, um, I believe Staffa, one of our fans, came up with this idea. And it's like we should de- we should just start shit with other podcasts mm-hmm. like similar because if you start shit with like a big cast like the Nerdist they're just not even gonna read it yeah yeah so, so we we looked for similar sized podcasts and personal arrogance came up and you found it and like I listened to it. well I had been listening since day one like right. episode two I think I how the started hell did on. you find them I was just looking on iTunes for uh, like gaming podcast and nerd podcast and they came up. So we sent – we actually did this like um, George Orwell-esque two minutes hate <laughs> yeah. where we both just screamed into the microphone things we hated about the show. And we had this yep. background of like sheet bleeding and machine guns machine and bombs, bombs going. Bombs. Yep. It was unhinged and gr- glorious. Yeah. And we sent him a declaration of war basically that we said that we hated them and – Okay, your domain name. How can you drop the ball? Personal arrogance. At least spell it right. A r r o g a n t s. That's not how you spell arrogance. No. How can you be arrogant about spelling arrogance wrong? Yeah. And your logo's got a fucking arrow running through it. An arrow. You, you didn't spell arrow. A r r o w. I understand that. And a ram's head. What What are you doing with a ram's head as your logo? That doesn't make any sense, man. You goddamn. Where sheep. is that? Is that personal or arrogance? <sighs> They're sheep. They're sheep. And they, and they, Sheeple. they, they start with, um, uh, they, they start each cast with a Matt Roloff, where they roll for initiative. This is offensive. Matt Roloff is a little person. It makes me angry. On a television reality show about his whole clan of middle, uh, of little people. Living. It is. And, it is. And, 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 and I have a relative who's a little person. I don't find you it can't funny make at fun all. fun of them, call midgets and, and, and roll little dice, midget dice. It's like, that's one, dice. that's one step ahead of, of midget tossing, dwarf tossing. That's offensive to me. And then right after they go off for the Matt Roloff, they talk about their beer segment and they're talking about beers that are local to seattle now i can't get these beers they're telling me how good they are they're telling me how tasty they are i can't get these beers i don't live in seattle most of their listeners don't beer teases i can't get them shipped out of state because it's illegal and what am i supposed to do and they miss and delay the shows we have 41 podcasts we have 40 weeks 40 weeks plus we're not counting our bonus content that we deliver quality content to our listeners they just miss because of a snow there's much snow there's a power at it. Oh, we want to spend time with our families at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Lame. We we bring it every week consistently. And I gotta say, personalarrogance.com, you can go there, but guess where it redirects you? Personalarrogance.beanfuck.com or whatever it is. Get a goddamn hosting get package. $4. Stop drinking your $4 Seattle beers and get a hosting package. That's and all they, I'm saying. And they swear way too fucking much. Way too so unprofessional. Much. Oh my god. Matt and Jesse, worst names ever. Worst names ever. We're talking Mary and Jackie. Why not? No, Mark, Marty and, and uh, David and Jim. I have no idea. It's just so generic. And they have to focus their podcast. Ah, two minute, two minute That's hate is two over. Minutes. That's all I could get. Blue yonder, blue yonder, blue yonder, blue yonder. And it, we carried on like that for some while, mm-hmm. but then we started like having great. We we invaded their show. They did a live cast. Oh, that's right. And they had like they had like four, like you know, not to talk shit about them, but they had like five or six fans. I think three of them were their moms, two of them were their <laughs> girlfriends, well, and one guy was, and, and we were the other two people. 
Yeah, at least in our minds, that's how it went down. And we just heckled them. Yeah, we heckled on their them live show. On their live show, the entire performance, it was glorious. <laughs> I forget <laughs> which episode that was, but it was like maybe in their 20s. Yeah, they talked shit our, about like, Indianapolis. They yeah. still talk yeah. shit about Indianapolis. The Midwest day. Coast. Yeah. We've been referring to this, and I think we just need to get it off our chest. For those of you who have uh, been checking the Twitter have been checking the Facebook, Something's have been checking up. our website. Um, we have been declared war upon. Uh-huh. Here's here's what it was. We were sitting there peacefully minding our own business, not unlike the USS Arizona circa December 7th, 1941. Correct. And then, and then December 8th, 2010. <laughs> no. Like, yes. That's crazy. I didn't put that together. Yes. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, we are surprise attacked by a bunch of Hooligans, renegades, renegades, just out of jealousy, out of the fact that we (laughs) represent the might, strength, ingenuity, and industry of America, and we're just sitting, (laughs) sitting there minding our own business, and then boom, surprise attack. Yes, from the Empire of Blue Yonder at Bald Move. But you know what? Unlike the USS Arizona, mm-hmm. we're, we're not, not gonna going to roll down. over. Oh, jeez. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to try to talk at once, but it didn't work out there. Uh, but it's true. We did get declared war upon formally. Um, formally. And you can go to personalarrogance.com and look at that. Uh, we posted that, the official notice of feud, along with a message saying that we will prevail mm-hmm. in this feud. But we're peaceful people. We are peaceful people. And, um, you know, you, Jesse, you know this. Jesus is my homeboy. Uh-huh. And if there's one thing I learned from the big dude, the big J, really, the founder of the J conspiracy, <laughs> uh, it's that uh, honorary fifth member. It's that by it's that by loving others, by loving your enemies, it will be like heaping coals upon their head. Oh, I like that. And uh, so, you know, uh, this all started with a with a two minute hate on uh, uh-huh. on on Blue Yonder's. Uh, episode 41 podcast. You can listen to it at, I believe it's one hour, 19 minutes into the show. Yeah, something like um, that. Trust me, you'll want to skip. <laughs> you'll want to skip ahead. Oh, God. Uh, but, uh, but they did a two-minute late hate, so we're going to do a, a two-minute love. Yeah. We're calling this Kill Him With Kindness. Kill Him With Kindness. Kill Him With Kindness. So we're just going to... We're just going to talk about all the things we like, and I'm, I'm going get to us, get us started. You know what I like about their podcast? What is it? I like a, that they're not afraid to talk about boring things. I know. They, they're, you know, a lot of people in the entertainment industry are so caught up about being entertaining right. that they lose sight of the fact that it's okay to talk about what type of mouse is best for half an hour. And it's yeah. those, those boring conversations that you don't get in a lot of the yeah. entertainment uh, industry. So I like that. I like that they have the courage to be boring. They have the courage to be boring. And another thing I like is that, you know, a big gripe that they had with us is that we skipped a podcast. Uh-huh. We had weather. We had Thanksgiving. And, uh, and you know, I, I just love that they can stick to their guns and they can get this done every week. I mean, uh-huh. um, you know, we're, t- we're we're busy guys. There's a lot to do here. In yeah, Seattle. you know what it is. You have you have uh, you know sometimes you know we're on G four. Yeah, uh, we're we're doing all these things. Uh, uh-huh. There's so much to do. Yeah, that it must be so great to live in a place where you can just focus on. You don't have anything. No, That's any exactly it. At all. That's exactly it. The middle of the country is known to be empty. empty. I mean, it's just. And wouldn't that be great? 
Eric, can you imagine it? Imagine yeah. all the free time if we weren't getting caught up by like going to Upright Citizens Brigade or right. seeing Tim and Eric or, or going to concerts. You know, drinking great beer. Or drinking <laughs> great beer, you know, and okay. hanging out with friends. Yeah. Like, imagine all we could we could broadcast mm-hmm. every day if we wanted to if we lived there. Yeah. But we just get caught up caught in this, up in this amazing this stuff city. to do. Yeah. You know, it's, God. It's, it's but really I like it, Dad. I like that. And yeah. uh, you know, we're coming down after Thanksgiving and I'm still zazzed up. I'm still I just love being thankful for stuff. Mm-hmm. And um I like that they've made me thankful that I live in the microbrew capital yeah. of the world. Capital of the world. I mean it must be terrible to not have any beers. Yeah. around you that are drinkable. Yeah, so I like that they make me appreciate, appreciate. the fact yeah. that we have these amazing beers and we get to, you know, enjoy them. Yeah. The way the beer was supposed to be drank, not some corporate swill. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, and another th- great that they had with us is that, you know, our name is a little weird and uh-huh. we have kind of a weird logo uh-huh. and they don't really connect. We're misspelled. We have an arrow. I mean, it's just crazy. And I really like the fact that their web address has nothing to do with their podcast. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that really, that's like the switcheroo that we're trying to get with, with our misspelling. And, yeah. You know, yeah. you know it, and like when, when you search Blue Yonder on Google, they don't come up for time after time after uh-huh. time. But, you know. Uh, you just can't find them. You just them. can't and find them. And, and that exclusivity yeah. is something we've been striving uh, for with our misspelling. We did it wrong. I mean, our misspelling, if you search personal arrogance, it, it, we're the first thing that pops yeah, up. Yeah, it pops right up. Pops right up. Pops right up. I don't even, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of terrible. So, um. That, I think that's about two minutes. Yeah, that's so probably So once again, about, go over yeah. to baldmove.com, listen, yeah, check to, it out. Uh, and you know listen what? to them. And if you have any compliments for them, send them our way, and, and we'll make sure to say yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no, say it to them. Yeah. Say it to them. And the most <laughs> passive-aggressive compliment wins. Yes. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> the most passive-aggressive. And I, I'm just happy for them. I'm you happy know, for them, they too. They finally found a hobby. Yes. I'm just so happy that they... I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we could support them in that hobby. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so glad to, like... <laughs> Give them a leg up. I just want to <laughs> give them a little bit of a boost. And, I mean, I've seen their Twitter, the number of followers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So get and over there and join their Twitter, yeah, guys. Join their Twitter. Join their Twitter. And let them know how great they are. Yeah. We love you. We love Louis it. Yonder. We love it. We love you. We love you because we want to help you. We love you because we want to help you, and we love you so much. <laughs> God, I love you so much. I love you so much. Oh, oh my gosh. I love you. I love you so much. So it was great. One of my best experiences coming out of Blue Yonder. Yep, made some uh, good friends. That was fun. Our ultimate fan, our longest lo- lasting fan there from the beginning, uh, Safa. Safa. Yeah. He said, I just now got this. He said, instead of dear Blue Yonder, he put dead Blue Yonder. <laughs> it's not dead, goddammit. We're still podcasting. It's just, it's just, yeah, we, yeah, like the Pinyar, uh, personal arrogance guy said we're defunct. We're just resting. Yeah. yeah. Like the Norwegian pigeon or Norwegian <laughs> parrot. What? Uh, you lost me. Keep going. Wow. Monty Python, huh? First off, I want to thank you two big lugs of Blue Yonder for creating Staffa's Corner. Staffa's Corner is one of the best things that ever happened to the internet. I think it's an African swallow. Norwegian parrot. Just what are you talking up. about? Shut up. You're demeaning yourself and, and the listeners by your ignorance of Monty Python. Norwegian parrot. Uh, oh, you're talking about the dead bird in the pet store. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Norwegian blue. I was thinking Holy Grail. Uh, he thanks us for uh, creating Staffa's Corner because, like, he asked the, for the longest time, he's the only one that gave us feedback. Yeah. So we gave him, like, two or three minutes each show to, like, talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. And he also mm. started demanding that we read it in increasingly <laughs> deranged accents. <laughs> yeah. The the Randy Savage one. That's was my favorite. Pretty brutal. Yeah. I, I liked it, though.
I'm not read Stafa's email, but he wants it read in a macho man, oh. Randy Savage accent. Can I do oh, this? Oh, yeah. Can I do this? Can you do it? Let me see. Let's see who's got the best accent. All right. What, what should we say? Well, it's, Dear let's Blue just... Yonder. Oh, Dear Blue Yonder. Let's get your best. Let's just hear it. Dear Blue Oh, Yonder. Dear Blue Yonder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You actually might have it, me. But that's going to kill... Uh, I'll have to check out of the podcast after that. That's going to totally destroy my voice. Okay. But I'll do it. I'll do it for the fans. All right? All right but I'm just really feeling this one, man. All right. We'll, we'll trade off each sentence, right? My, uh, okay. So line my line. Okay. Who okay, wants to start? Okay, here we go. Am I going to uh, start? You, you can start, yeah. With the Deer Blue Yonder? Sure. <laughs> Deer Blue Yonder. Every superhero and cartoon character gets their chance yeah, to save and participate in every Christian holiday, brother. Oh, yeah. Everyone gets to save Christmas. You've got the Elmo, Ernest, Felix the Cat, Inspector Gadget, Bonesaw is ready for even <laughs> Batman and Robin to help Santa out. Yeah. When is Spider-Man going to get a chance to save Punga? Superman going to fast during Ramadan? Oh, SpongeBob. Gonna celebrate Buddha's birthday during Vegas. Snap into a Slim Jim, yeah! Oh, yeah! Stoffa! Woo! Oh, the voice. Uh, the voice is, uh... I woo. feel like I've been through a steroid cycle. <laughs> I got the veins popping. Oh, I got, I'm pumped. I got the blood flow. I'm pumped. I feel like I just worked out. I feel like I need to go grab Miss Elizabeth, drag her into the ring, and <laughs> slap her around a bit. I feel like, actually, that's how Macho Man Randy Savage works out. I don't think he actually works. He just speaks. Oh, yeah. That's that's a, that's, that's a workout. That's a P90X workout. Absolutely, I'm sweating man. like, goddamn, I don't know, like, like uh, the Rock Johnson on, on <laughs> Fast and Furious 5. Yeah. He's pissed that he never read our Brooklyn Accent Mario email, um, which mm. that's because we just couldn't do it. Uh, I don't think we did. We did. We weren't able to credibly do half of the accents, but mm. like that one is just like we really couldn't do it. Yeah, I had nothing. Despite my dad being from New York, he wanted to know whose voice we found more painful: Harvey Feinstein or Gilbert Godfrey? Godfrey. Really, yeah. I had a hard problem with the Feinstein. Well, I don't. What did he do? Because I don't really know. He's the gay guy that's got the really like heavy smokers, like that. Ah. Oh, you boy! That oh, guy. Oh, from Independence Day. Yeah, and from Mrs. Okay. Doubtfire. Okay. Yeah. No, it's him. It's definitely him. That was a tough one. <laughs> uh, he said, "I love all the magical moments that were in Blue Yonder, from the time where Jim invented laser tag hair removal to the time of Peter." <laughs> All right, I, I want to flesh out an idea that I had the other day. Oh. I was talking about... Flesh it out. Uh, I was talking about how how men are typically hairy. Men, uh, men don't always want hair. You're you're a, you're a bit of a mammoth. I wish we had a live stream. because We sh- need the live stream. Yeah, I just showed Next my, week, live stream, right? I just showed my manly sweater, chest sweater. His uh, manly visage. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, so guys are typically hairy. Women want hair removal in certain places. Hair removal's a thing. So I decided, I was thinking about this, I think we should have laser tag hair removal. <laughs> I, think, I think we should get 
<laughs> Instead of just your standard what? laser tag game, you give everyone hair removal lasers. You strap them with helmets so they don't lose their hair on their head. Or their eyesight. <laughs> well, give them glasses. <laughs> give them special polarized lenses. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you Welder's mask. <laughs> exactly. You give them hair removal lasers and you just set up a laser tag arena. And, and you'll know when you get hit because Hell there'll be yeah. a big blank spot right on your chest. Plus, I've heard that laser hair removal feels like getting snapped by a rubber band. There you go. Perfect. What if that hits your ball sack, man? Hair gone. <laughs> hair removed uh, instantly. Testicles traumatized. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are some issues we have to work out. But I, w- I want to work through it here. Like, how would you do hair laser tag hair removal? Okay. I know a little bit more about laser hair removal than a person probably should, because oh I'm a hairy fucker, and I used to think about, hmm, where would I get hair removed from? And uh, where would laser- you get hair removed from? Actually, probably no. my back. I've got more back, hair on my I, back. back. I, I, I don't have a nuisance. The, I don't have the unis sweater, but there's more back hair that I than I really want. And that's really the only place that you really—it's unnatural to have it, right? So you my, don't. My you don't big want it. toe. Ah, uh, you can trim that easily. <laughs> you can't trim the back. That's, That's the hard the, part. The, 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 the hobbit feet. Um, so, and I guess that laser hair removal works best when you've got ve- the lighter skin and darker the hair, the more successful it is. Because basically, really? yeah, it bombards you with this light energy and um, dark skin absorbs more of the energy and light hair <laughs> doesn't absorb the energy. So like the worst, like if you were uh, African-American with mm. blonde hair... You're fucking out of luck. <laughs> no hair removal for you. No. Um, if you wow. are a pale, racist hair removal, if you lasers. are a a Serbian <laughs> with like translucently white skin <laughs> and dark matted hair, it's you're gonna have a good experience because the wow. hair is just gonna absorb it all and be vaporized. So ideally, the time to get hair removed is during the dead of winter. Yes. So it's like I just don't know how to. I don't know. I, I think. I think this is a bald move. This is a bald idea, Jim. I like it. I mean, it serves and, two and purposes. The, entertainment the, and hair removal. The type of laser. <laughs> combine those. The type of laser that you're going to want. Maker. If that hits your eyeball, it's a horror show. Because <laughs> not only are you losing your eyelashes, but you're probably frying your retina, too. I didn't even think about that. Losing eyelashes. Somebody hit you in the eyebrow on purpose. <laughs> Bastards. You come out looking like vanilla ice. That's not oh, cool. God. Nobody wins in that scenario. Not at all. For a time when Peter decided it'd be a good idea to have Fedor Emilienko <laughs> armbar a zombie. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to go with um, Fedor Emilienko. <laughs> See, I think that's a bad pick. I think that's a horrible pick. Who the hell is Emilienko? He's the the pit fighter. <laughs> He's the best fighter in the on the face of the earth right now. He's going to hand to hand combat zombies. That That's the worst possible. Putting a zombie pick. in an arm bar seems like a bad thing to do in a crowd of them. Putting your arm in yeah, range. Hey, can I take that back? Uh, yes, uh, maybe you no, should. No, no, you know what? We're sticking with it just for comedy sake. Uh, I'm sticking. <laughs> he with puts them in an arm bar. The zombie <laughs> fights them, and then now you're fighting a zombie form of one of the deadliest <laughs> men on earth. <laughs> oh god yeah that one might come back to bite you literally <laughs> i know what the first thing i'm gonna do is what do you shoot fedor <laughs> Bam! <laughs> yeah get rid of him oh, yeah, yeah. fedor is gonna be shot on sight Fedor may come back to haunt him. he may be overwhelmed in a crowd type situation 
if it's just me, Fedor, and a single zombie, I think we're in good shape. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, running from the horde, probably not. Because <laughs> he likes to ground and pound, and that's going to delay the escape. <laughs> Fedor, come on, goddammit, we don't have time to Stand up, stand up, stand up! Stand up! has got him into, into a reverse Kaimura! <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot about it. I should think that. Oh, well. I'm, I'm stuck with him now, I guess. Uh, and to conclude this final office corner, here is Harvey Feinstein's top seven. Number seven, Cheers. Number six, Robin Williams. Number five, Death the Smoochie. Number four, Independence Day. Number two, Miss Doubtfire. Or no, number three, Miss Doubtfire. Number two, The Don Turns Me On. <laughs> number one, Mulan. Oh, he was in Mulan. Uh, if you haven't seen... Uh... Death to Smoochie? Death to Smoochie. Check that out. That's a seriously messed up but awesome movie. Oh, yeah. It's One got, of my favorites. I love it. It's got Ed Norton. Uh, Danny DeVito. Oh. Yeah. Really good movie. Harvey Feinstein. All playing characters who they don't usually play, like especially Ed Norton. He's playing this ultra-conservative, nice guy. Really, really cool performance. He's basically playing Barney the goddamn dinosaur. Essentially, yeah. 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 It's a play on that. Uh, you're a beautiful man and give me a kiss for Don Staffa. <laughs> oh, shit. I was supposed to read the whole thing like Harvey Feinstein. Ah, shit. Oh, well. <laughs> Too bad. Darn it. Uh, there's another piece of feedback. Uh, so I, my count, we had five. Five? That's 25 bucks. I'm going to make it an even hundred. Whoa! Yeah, hundred bucks going to Child's Play Charity. Um, I will make that donation. I will post a redacted image of the receipt. To our Facebook fan site, so everybody can feel good about that. Um, this Sweet. was fun. We should do it again sometime. We will. We will. Four more months. Blue Yonder, <laughs> Blue Yonder is not dead. It's defunct. No. And here's the deal. I actually have a really awesome rant about the state of the geek that I'm going to unleash mm-hmm. before PAX East, which is in April. Yeah. It's actually in March. It's early in March. No, no. Early, early April. April. So, Sixth through so ninth. I'm definitely going to do a Blue Yonder before then. Yeah. And we also – the other thing that we've got that we have yet to unleash is the um, – let me see if I can find it here. Uh, the Mel Gibson So Gentile. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. I thought we did this, but maybe no, not. No, we were going to do it on the final episode, and we just didn't – Wow. Uh, it was so bad we had to cut it. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a preview. Mel, G- Mel Gibson so Gentile, he doesn't believe in carpentry, calling it a ridiculous Zionist myth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> carpentry doesn't exist. He keeps a whole unit of blood on hand so he could rapidly infuse it to any unbled meat he might consume. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucking Gentile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants the blood in his meat. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, we got that to look forward to. Mm. What else we got to talk about, Jim? I think that might be it. Are you going to initiate the outro sequence? I can. Yeah, I don't remember it. It's been four months since we've done one of these podcasts. Well, if you want to keep up with what we're doing and across a vast, increasing Bald Move empire, yeah. you can find us at baldmove.com. Our Facebook p- fan site is bald, which I don't even – we're going to like lose half the subscribers tomorrow. Is uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash baldmove. You can email us mm-hmm. at blueyonder at baldmove.com. Twitter – at bald move and if you like what we're doing find our uh blue yonder podcast on the itunes give us a one to four five star review yeah um and that's it we pretty much read all feedback on this on air just like we do all our casts so love us hate us whatever 
want to fight us? Want to strip down to the waist? Come at me, bro. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see you at PAX. <laughs> And I think you say something like, until next yeah, time, so with that I, I said... Say, uh, I say the same thing that I say in every podcast. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao. <laughs>